How do you coach somebody without just giving them the answers? Can coaching really create a 10x shift in your business? How do you actually find a great coach for you? Can a coach really help you think about money, family, performance, and reach unimaginable heights? I get into all of that in this super tactical episode with my friend and mentor, Michael Shergold. We call this the secrets of coaching CEOs, and it starts right now. One thing is for certain, just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this, where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to, how to grow your business how to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Trivata, and welcome to Business School. So, Michael, you've always talked about uh, lead, manage, coach being three very, you know, big pieces of the puzzle, um, but everyone just harps on this leadership being the key to everything. How do you think through these three big buckets? Well, Sharon, for me, and, you know, great to be here and, and tuning in and just uh, delivering some value to, to the audience. Uh, one of the things that I think that, that is absolutely key with this is that we lead people based on our vision. So if we're a leader, absolutely, we've got to have clarity of vision. Here's our, the stand we're taking. Here's where we're going. Come with me. This is an exciting journey. That's a, that's a given. And there's so much conversation out there around, you've got to be a great leader. You've got to be a great leader. Manage. And for me, manage, we manage things. We manage processes. We manage systems. And I think the default for a lot of leaders is they feel comfortable in that space because they're looking at a spreadsheet, they can have a one-on-one conversation and saying, uh, you know, what are your numbers? Where are you at? What are you achieving? And that's very much in that manage component. The performance accelerator for me is coaching. And, you know, you know that uh, for the last couple of decades, I've yeah. just loved the coaching space and, and been in there really inspiring clients to do great work. And to me, coaching is the ultimate performance accelerator. It'll outperform systems. It'll outperform a great brand. It'll outperform all of those components that, sometimes people hang their hat on, if you can accelerate the performance out through coaching, guaranteed you will just build amazing momentum in the business. You know, I, I, um, I couldn't agree with you more because my, uh, I was totaling up the investments made over the last few years. And uh, my wife reminded me that I spent more in coaching, mentoring and mastermind groups than I made in a couple of years. But, but that's, that's come home to bear in a lot of ways. And so I want to ask you a question that most people struggle with asking and getting answered. And that is, if I am out there, I'm a entrepreneur, I'm a high achiever. I know that I have potential that has not yet been unlocked in me. Um, I'm actually even, I feel like I'm coachable. I feel like I need the support system. How do I, uh, how do I choose a coach? Yeah. Uh, big question. I think one of the things that a lot of people look for is, is someone that has, has already done that particular work. The challenge with that is you might get a great content coach, but not necessarily a great process coach. So the distinction is, uh, you know, content, here are the, the three steps to selling. Here's this, here's that. So 
whilst that's great, and I think that there's a huge value in that, the most important is to shift from a, a skill set to a mindset coach. Yeah. And you know, the, the mechanics are important in whatever we do. But the thing that will actually determine where someone truly goes to is their mindset. And what's the quality of thinking that they actually bring to it? You know, and I, I uh, uh, you know, in a funny kind of way, talk about stinking thinking. You can have the best strategy on the planet, but if you've got stinking thinking attached to it, it's not going to achieve the best result. So I think you've got to find someone who, uh, number one, you resonate with, that when you are in a conversation, you go like, oh, okay, this person's truly tuning in. And, you know, I know you and I really have that belief that in coaching, you've got to be a champion for them. I think sometimes too many coaches want to be a champion for their own right versus yeah. no, no, no. When you're in coaching, it's, you know, I'm, I'm your champion. So I'm, I'm backing you. I'm backing you to win. So if you've got someone who's got that kind of belief and philosophy that, that it's not about me succeeding, it's about you succeeding. Let me park any, any vision I have success over here and let me truly get into what do you want to achieve? Where are you at? And what's your journey forward? Uh, and that journey is either clear and it's inspiring or that journey needs some clarification and a great coach should be able to tune in to say, where are you at on this journey? And, you know, we've had some, some fantastic conversations over the years, Sharon, where um, we've supported each other in saying, you know, what's the clarity in terms of that current reality? Do you need more clarity with it? Is there a gift in here that you're not seeing that potentially is causing you to um, almost have heavy energy around it as opposed to, well, let's lighten up on that and, and get into go mode to be able to move something forward? Yeah. And, and Michael, how do you... So let's, uh, if you were interviewing a potential coach and you had, how does that conversation go? What are you looking for? If I'm interviewing a coach, what should I be kind of conceptually looking for or at least feeling for in that process? I think you've got to lean into, uh, are they truly interested in you? So are they, um, I have a seven step process that did a little, uh, as opposed to, when you get to a, a, a private personal coach, so we're not talking now here, I'm, I'm ticking the box to a, an online coaching program that, right. that is going to talk, walk me through these steps. It, we're now talking in terms of one-on-one or small group coaching where you've got someone who, who can actually make a difference. So number one, do I have positive rapport with this person? Do, are we in a connected conversation where uh, like, okay, I, I get this person and I think this person gets me. So that's a, a big tick. Secondly, have they, have they allowed me to see a, a future or have they opened up a possibility that I, I previously didn't see? Yeah, and awesome. you know, that, that creates some excitement because for most people, when they see a possibility or, um, you know, you and I both, if we can reframe a past experience to say, what's the positivity out of this? It's like, wow, I've been hanging on to this and feeling almost a level of guilt or a level of frustration around it. Uh, this coach has helped me see that there's a new possibility there. You know, I love it if, if someone were, would do like, well, let's test this out. Let's go through this. And for me, from a coaching point of view, I like to have a, um, you know, a, a complimentary session with someone to work out whether are, are we great together. Yeah. And if we are, let's move forward with it. If we're not, let's respect each other enough to say, hey, this is not the right coaching relationship for us. Yeah. I, um, I remember uh, the first time you were working uh, with me on stuff and I, I felt this, um, 
the strange combination of, of two emotions, a little bit of embarrassment at the same time, a little bit of like a, a lot of joy. Right. And so the, and the embarrassment is probably not the right word that I'm, but it, but it gave me a lot of self-awareness saying, Oh, wow. I just, I just learned something about myself that I could not articulate or find out where it fit, but I see a path forward that can make me a better person, a better father, a better citizen. And, and I think uh, almost it's not in the same ratio, but you almost need a little bit of both to know that, Hey, I am here and I can go there. It's not just about just going there. And I think that was a, a big um, revelation for me. And I almost felt like um, I got goosebumps, right? And if you get goosebumps in a session and you're like, whoa, it just blew my mind. Uh, I'm embarrassed at the same time. That's a very cool outcome for a quick conversation. And Sharon, I think one of the things is, is uh, the, the word I, I sort of resonates with me is some vulnerability. Uh, so yeah. in, in coaching, it's like, well, okay, we are going to peel back the layers. We are going to look at something that, that, you know, and, and here's one of the challenges I think for a lot of great leaders and, and people in business. Um, my team think I've got it together. My, uh, my buddies that I go and play golf with or I catch up with, they think I've got it together. Um, my partner has said when I go home, you know, he or she said to me, um, I don't want this work stuff to come home anymore. So, so what's my access point to say, here's what's going on for me. Could I have some help processing this? And, and, you know, I'd shift it from, from you know, uh, embarrassment to vulnerability that, yeah. that, hey, you're vulnerable. And this is the, one of the qualities of a great coach is to hold that space to be able to feel safe enough to yeah. have those conversations. Because in amongst that, Sharon, that's where the brilliance is. That's where the, the true shift is. And when that shift happens, all of a sudden, who knows what's possible? Yeah, I, I remember this. I, maybe you remember this too. When I told you, I was like, hey, I'm looking back at this experience and all I see is judgment. And you're like, that's, I understand. Judge away. And you almost give permission for those people, which is, which is amazing. Right. And as opposed to saying, why do you feel that way? Like, you know, that's, that's not it. And I, I think just that was the holding of the space. Now um, let, let me flip the coin just a little bit. How uh, it's just as much the coach as it is, the, the, the mentee, if you will, or the client, um, how can a client, how can, a, how can somebody show up to a coaching relationship in, and be ready for it, be open for it? What is, what is their work that they need to do to get, get ready for that? Now, are we talking the coach being ready or the client being ready? The client being ready. Client being ready. Okay, great. Well, I, I think the, the first thing, and I love the fact you've utilized the word client. One of the things we do at our Coach the Coach program, very, very early, we, we reframe a team member to being a client because, wow. uh, you know, uh, this person and this person and this person is on my team. So there's a level of, from a leadership point of view, that you are a pawn on my chessboard that I'm going to move around. Yeah. So we reframe that and say, no, no, these are no longer your team members. These are now your clients in the context of coaching. And as a, as a client, it is your goal to have that person be even more successful. So how are you going to, as a leader uh, and as a coach, inspire them to do something great, amplify their talent and have them be truly exceptional? So it's a mindset to, to think of your team as clients. And, you know, they're turning up every day. They're volunteering to be part of your journey and support that. So that's a neat kind of a distinction from an internal point of view. From a client side of it, 
I think that vulnerability piece is is so important. And one of the things that that has happened to me a couple of times where a leader has asked one of their team members to, you know, Mike, would you mind actually having a session with this particular person, knowing what I've done with the leader? And I said, yeah, sure, happy to. So I sit down and, and say, okay, what would you like to discuss? Because coaching for me is it's the client agenda. It's the agenda that the client is setting. What do you want to achieve? And so on. So I sat down with this person and said, okay, so what do you want to go through? And says, well, I'm here because you're the coach. So, okay, right? <laughs> Coaching doesn't happen in isolation. You need to bring, bring you know, where are you at? And said, so, well, you know, um, my boss said I needed to meet with you. I said, well, we've met now. Let's tick the box and we're done. It's great. Uh, but if there's something you want to go through, then I'm happy to actually work through it with you. And for a lot of people, it's that initial process of knowing that it's safe. And, uh, you know, I talk a lot about coaching confidentiality. So, yeah. you know, if you and I are in a coaching session, Sharon, I, I would say very, very early on, by the way, everything we discuss is, is coaching confidential. So imagine a kind of silence coming around this conversation that, that literally allows you to, you can almost see some clients, they'll drop their shoulders. Sure, so even yeah. on, a, on a Zoom, you'll see them like, Oh, okay, so I, I can actually be open and honest here as opposed to I've got to put a bit of a facade in the process. Yeah, that might happen over a number of sessions where someone knows, oh, you're actually true to your word. I can have a safe conversation. It is a safe place to have this. You're not judging me for it. You're actually supporting me um, in shifting away from that or shifting to another uh, another perspective out of the same situation because the situation is the situation. Yeah. It's, it's the, the meaning that we're adding to it that's getting in the way. Yeah. How do you, um, do you have any either mechanical or um, practices that you can, you, you can activate some openness and vulnerability in, in, in the early part of the conversation? Yeah, I think the first thing is um, this, this ability to assess current reality. So if we're going to go on a journey, we need to know two things our starting point and our destination. Now, one of those needs to be clear. We've got to know where we're starting from. Even if we don't know where we're going yet, and that's a really a, a biggie, a lot of the time people come into coaching and say, I'm not clear on where I'm at, let alone clear on where I'm going. So, right. and, and, and I talk about a confused mind stalls. So it'll look like someone's procrastinating. It'll look like they're lazy. No, 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 they're confused. So yeah. if we can move confusion to clarity, all of a sudden we've got this level of momentum that can come into play. So some of the techniques I, I, I utilize is, and depending on the business, we might do some kind of assessment up front. Yeah. In many, many cases, I, I love the, the one to 10. So how would you rate yourself from one to 10 in this yeah. area, in this area, in this area? And you know, it's, a, it's a very, very quick process that, that allows us to get to a particular part. And if someone is rating themselves and occasionally I'm quite cheeky, in fact, I, I did this yesterday with a client, it was a one to five rating on this, this particular uh, leadership perspective. And I said, look, I think your ratings are pretty accurate. Let's change it now out of 10 rather than five. So you're still, the four is really still there, but it's now out of 10 because that's the upside I see for you. So, you know, a four out of five, you know, I'm almost there as opposed to, no, 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 let's stretch this, right? You think you're, think you're close to it to to that, that top of the pops, I'm going to give you another perspective on that. And occasionally yeah. out of 10, I'll go, okay, great. Your ratings are accurate. Let's make it out of 20. Why I'd like you to see this more upside in you, more possibility in, in where you're heading. Yeah. So, so that, that, that uh, perspective. And a lot of the times 
uh, Sharon, I've had the situation where someone has gone into a don't know conversation. This happens a lot internally within an organisation. And this goes back to, to us as kids growing up. Um, primary school kids, uh, what did you do at school today? Well, mum, well, dad, I did this and this and this and yeah. this and this. There's this big download. Uh, moving into teenage years, uh, so what did you do at school today? Nothing much. <laughs> and that's specifically designed to shut down the conversation. Yeah. So uh, what happens a lot is, is when we start to get to the, the, the gold, if, if it were, in, in a coaching session, quite often some will say, I don't know, because that's the blind spot that they've actually had. And if they say they don't know, they shut down the conversation. And a lot of the time, you know, leaders just go, oh, okay, well, we won't go there then. And you and I know that, hang on, the gold is on the other side of that. So, you know, if you did know, what would it be? So let's actually invest some time on this, having a look at where this is at and seeing, is there an opportunity for us to uh, open open up something here that doesn't exist? And I think when someone knows that, that, that you are a champion for them and you're, you're backing them 100%, the ability for them to know they're supported on that journey is critical around it. So some of those uh, assessments from one to 10, you know, if, if you could rate this high, medium or low, uh, if this was a green, a green light, an amber light, a red light, where would this be in your life? Okay, so what would, be the, what would, what would it be like if you shift this from red to amber to ultimately to green in your life? What would actually happen there? Yeah. And this could be, you know, shining the torch on, on business. It could be shining the torch on a skill set. It could be shining the torch on a mindset. You know, what are your beliefs around time? Um, you know, um, too much time and not enough to do. Okay, that's an interesting belief. It's yeah. like, no, that's not the one I've got. Okay, yeah. cool. So, so let's have a look at how we can build that into how you're operating and what you're doing. Yeah, I, I love that. The, the, I think um, coaches, leaders... Uh, not managers, coaches, leaders specifically, the, the, the scale is a really powerful way to get someone to be introspective and communicate back saying, hey, I'm a, I'm a one to 10 on this. Uh, and Michael, you and I have talked about this. I've actually said, hey, you're a one to 10 uh, on this, but you can't use seven. And people instantly are like, because a six is very different than an eight. Very, very different, right? Absolutely. And and yeah. small things like that. And even, I don't even care if they would use seven. What they now do is now they're, hey, am I a, am I a one through six or am I a eight, nine, 10? They literally split that pie, which gets very exciting. And uh, Michael, one thing that I've been doing in recent, you know, small groups of really high achievers and is this. And I actually think given the Zoom call environments that we have, this doesn't work in like 20, 30% Zooms, but if you're with your leadership teams and you're coaching smaller groups, I have started this, Michael, which has been very powerful, um, is a one-word check-in. So I just go around and I go last as the, the coach leader, if you will. And now you have to have in a group setting, you have eight people on squares on your screen and each person gives you their one word as to where they are. And one person says tired. One person says energetic. One person says, you know, excited. You now, you know, as the coach, you're like, okay, Jimmy's tired today. I have to kind of manage this conversation around it. Otherwise we show up without any awareness of these eight squares. And we just assume that they're in the same state as we are because we know that state activation is so powerful for us. Absolutely. And, and yeah. I think the smallest of those things, um, how, given in the Zoom world, how important do you think that, you know, the, 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 the connect connectivity and the coaching becomes in, in any call? 
Well, it, it's huge. And, and just on that point, I, I love that you're doing that check-in because as soon as you do that and occasionally someone goes, you know, what's my word? Uh, tired. Yeah. Once I've acknowledged it, I can shift it. But right. if I haven't acknowledged it, I'll just sit there with it. So it's a really, really powerful technique. We ask in, 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 in our coaching process for, for a client to choose a word for the day. So, so what's your word for the day? So uh, it's, it's empowered, it's energized, it's focused. So, and the goal is to get that into conversation. So not only be that, but get it into the conversation. So I'm really energized about this particular component of our marketing strategy. So, so all of a sudden that has uh, a neat kind of momentum attached to it. And by the way, it's always a juicy word. It's always a word that that has got some kind of, uh, of impact and, and momentum with it. Back to your question though, with the, with the, the tuning in, absolutely. If, if the beginning of the coaching is, um, uh, you know, like a, a traditional management kind of thing, what are your numbers? What do you achieve uh, last quarter? What's your plan for next quarter? And so on. You're not going to get the best out of people right. versus let's just do that check-in first. How are you traveling? And look, uh, at, at the moment, you know, globally, we've got people doing uh, um, uh, homeschooling. Right. We've got, we've got uh, um, environments and work styles that are different than what they've ever been before, you know, on the planet. So the, the ability to tune in on with someone and, and get that sense of where you're at to start the journey. But, you know, as I said before, just acknowledging it sometimes allows it to shift. It's like, oh, okay. And then, you know, that, that, that call with, with age, I hear someone else is energized. I hear someone else has got uh, clarity. I hear someone else is is motivated. And I go like, okay, I can actually bring some of that energy into into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love to. I don't think people, you know, have been fortunate enough to, in many occasions, have access to a great uh, a coach or mentor, and and I. And because of that, and I mean this with a lot of respect to everybody that is doing what, we, what they do out there with, the, with their hearts in it, is that uh, because of that one person's experience with a coach or mentor, they, let's say they had a, you know, not, a, not a very positive one or was mediocre, they instantly have this label or this, this somewhat not positive association with the, the, not just the, the person or the entire field or the mechanics. They're like, ah, you know, it's, everyone's a coach these days. But I'll tell you that uh, the the biggest shifts have happened randomly in deep coaching conversations for me. And one of those shifts, Michael, I want to ask, maybe we can do something live here, which I thought would be super powerful, completely unplanned. The one thing that I see often happen is entrepreneurs have this very strange relationship with money. And I've noticed, and, and you, I mean, all almost 95% of the, 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 the clients you coach are principal CEOs of businesses. So they have huge companies that they're running. And it's strange because I, I'll have this conversation with somebody who has a $100 million business. And I'm like, why is this not moving? Mechanically, it's right. Spiritually, it's right. There's something off. I'd love for you to maybe give some thoughts around uh, the the an entrepreneur's relationship with money. And I've also noticed in the context of a client not sharing money numbers with their coach, which I think I personally didn't do for a very long time because I was 
I, I just I just didn't want to share it, and I just didn't feel comfortable. So, uh, how do you think through that? How can how can someone unlock that? So so uh, cool cool question, and it's it's one of those uh, those layers. The first thing I think for entrepreneurs is: uh, Are you focused on the game, or you're focused on a goal? Now that's interesting. So when I'm focused on the game, it's how great can we be? And there's not necessarily a goal finish line, but a lot of entrepreneurs set the goal that I want to have a business that's doing X volume or this many clients or this level of revenue. And surprisingly, quite often they get to it sooner than what they actually thought, yeah. but they haven't reset. They haven't reset to another goal. So they've lost sight of the game, the game they're playing. And they had, you know, someone gets into a new venture. They've got NBE, new business energy. So that new business energy just carries them forward with it. But if they don't shift it to a different kind of a game and typically engage a, um, a, a wider team, whether that be, you know, permanent team members, uh, people they hire for projects and, and so on, to empower them with it. Uh, and, you know, I talk a lot about you're either going to acquire that skill set or you're going to hire that skill. Man, yeah. this one you ought to be acquiring, uh, hi, acquiring and this one you need to be hiring. So right. get clear on which that is and, and, and build momentum with it. So part of it is is that that mindset shift of am, am I – am I going for a goal and therefore I've achieved the goal and I stop. So there was no reason to stop. There was just, I just stopped because we're now at that particular comfort zone and, and, and so on. But if I'm going for the game and, you know, I've seen you go for the game so many times and I've loved watching you just, I'm going for the game. And, uh, you know, even, even sort of, uh, if you look at say your, your Instagram, okay, I'm going to start at zero again and seeing <laughs> how fast I can build to. Yeah. And, and that's, that's you going for the game. And what I, I, I love about that, if people can shift and maybe even, you know, uh, if you're tuning into this, think, am I going for a goal or am I going for the game? And the game is how great can we actually be? Is our focus on being the biggest or is our focus being on the best in this particular field or this perspective? If the focus is being on the best, you're playing the game of being great. And that yeah. makes a, a massive difference. You know, there's, there's more layers to this. So I don't know, if, you know how much no, more time you want to spend is, on this, this one. This is really great. So, so maybe, maybe a quick piece of advice on, um, on just mechanic, like on money it, it, it is – because I think for some reason, I, I, I've been talking a lot about this recently on Behind Closed Doors, which is, I talk about this, you need to have a money coach. And when I say a money coach, I don't mean someone to tell you what to do with your money. I don't mean that. And that's not what, that's what people think. I want somebody to be able to freely talk about money. And I don't think that most, most marriages, partnerships are not built that way. Entrepreneurs, especially are, are completely, um, they hide stuff from their partners and their, and their business ventures. They're like, Hey, I'm going to move money around. No one will know my side account here. Uh, entrepreneurs take significantly more risk than they, they care to admit to anybody. And I, I always, and under this concept of like, if some, if I had the ability to release, to actually talk to somebody about money freely, it would, it would, it would release not just pressure, but it would open up my world. And I think that, um, First, first, and especially a lot of entrepreneurs, when they talk big numbers, they feel like, well, my, can my, can my coach handle this? Can they get it? How, how does that, how do you get out of that mindset? Well, I think the first thing is, and, you know, we, we circling back to a conversation we had earlier was that embarrassment or vulnerability kind of, kind of component. Quite often people, if they're, they're sharing the money conversation, they're either embarrassed 
because of the fact how poor the numbers are right. or they're embarrassed how great the numbers are and, and they're not capitalising on, on what that potentially could do. Ah, so, yeah. so once again, it comes back to that, you know, coaching confidentiality, feeling safe to be able to have that conversation. But I think a, a great coach should be tabling that from the point of view of, you know, well, what's the big picture here? You know, most entrepreneurs, as you said, there's a risk involved in it. So therefore there should be a fantastic reward and not be embarrassed by that, but be, be delighted by that. Yeah. And once again, goal to, to the game is if the game is to be uh, brilliant at it. I think one of the challenges sometimes, you know, it's, it's who we're hanging around and say, well, hang on, I'm, uh, I'm now at a place where I'm, I'm doing inverted commas better than, than others in my peer network. So I better actually be a little bit on the quiet side or a little better turn this down. So rather than saying, well, I'm, I'm in the game, let me actually start to surround myself with some people who I can grow into and those relationships I can grow into. And I think we're both great believers that people are in our life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Yeah. And, you know, is this person here for a reason? Are they in for a season or are they in for our lifetime? And as soon as we get clear on that, it's okay to change those those support networks and uh, build yeah. over time uh, who we are and how we operate. But you know, straight away, what do you believe around money? And and you know, is there too much money at the end of the month? Is there not? Is there too much month at the end of the money? And they're two <laughs> different ways of uh, of uh, approaching it. And then you know, what is that investment strategy? So you know, I talk with uh, with our clients. It, it's um, it's um, make it, keep it, grow it. And right. a lot of the time they've got the first part right, they've got the make it, but then they go make it, spend it. And, <laughs> you know, some people, you know, based on a money mindset are in that mode. If it's here, I've got to get rid of it as opposed to, you know, money is energy. So, and the, the energy is flowing out there. So many trillion dollars floating around the planet on a, on a daily basis. So, um, you know, what's your net and, and what are you catching? And it is based on being rewarded for value, recognizing you're taking risks. So you should get an incredible return on that and, and being totally cool that, that, Hey, I can embrace this. So, you know, a, a cool exercise for, for anyone tuning in would be simply to say, okay, let me write the word money on a piece of paper. And, you know, I love mind maps. So whether someone does this on mind map or writes a list, totally cool. But maybe just start to notice what are the beliefs around this? And I talk about limiting beliefs and empowering beliefs. And have you got a limiting belief around money or do you have a empowering belief or a belief set around money? And uh, all of us have a book of old beliefs. So our book of old beliefs is where we put our old ones and we go, oh, how cool was I used to, I used to believe that. That's so cool. So, and oh, wow, that's amazing. So we look at it in a nurturing kind of a way. I think sometimes um, people think with a belief that, that, that is no longer effective, no longer useful for, for today's conditions, we want to uh, make that old belief wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. No, no, no. It's actually a, a, a belief that supported me to get to this particular level. So let me in a nurturing way put it in my book of old beliefs. And I'll occasionally go back and look at it. And, and just like there's a, a few others and you know, there could be some kids actually tuned into this. So I think the adults will know what I'm talking about here. But we're not going to go there. To, uh, we don't want to blow any sort of uh, uh, theories out. But there are some things in our book of old beliefs that we look back at them and go, how cute is that? Um, Sean, you and I probably both remember the day when to get money out of a bank, you had to have your little pass, pass, book, pass yeah. book, I think it was called, you had to line up at the bank and you had to go in and get it stamped and they'd write in there and you get some money out. 
you know, now with a piece of plastic to a, a hole in the wall, we can go and put some numbers in and out comes money. I mean, you've got to go to the right hole in the wall and so on, but it's, 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 it's a different kind of belief. So that sits in a book of old beliefs. Yeah. So the ability to, to shift some of those um, money mindset beliefs, if, it, if they're no longer useful, uh, let's actually put them into our, our book of old beliefs. And, and what's interesting with beliefs is uh, just like sand at the beach, if you've taken a belief out, you need to replace it with a, a new belief. Oh, that's so because good. Because it, it'll just fill back in. So, so this, this one goes to a book of old beliefs. What's the new empowering belief that I'm putting in place around it? And that's a whole other, um, you know, a really cool session that you and I could do. Oh, my gosh. Like that, you, you hit on something that is, like, I, I almost want to be like, hey, let's, everything else is irrelevant. I only want to talk about, I only want to talk about that. Well, because no one, we never learned this stuff. I agree. And, like wh- where, I have been around you many years. I have not heard this stuff. And, and, and I would love to know, I, I have actually, I, over the years, you start to, get some decent awareness saying, huh, interesting. I believe that way, but I don't know how to rewrite my story on the fly. Maybe you need a little external help, but for people who can just rewrite stories and belief systems on the fly, that's difficult. And so, I mean, this is another reason for the the coaching relationship, right? So you actually have a, you have a space to, to have this conversation. I, I, I totally agree. And, and I think, Sharon, one of the things that we notice the least is our own behavior. We're in there, we're doing it. So, you know, if we're at a restaurant, we'll notice someone else's behavior before we notice our own. So, so the ability to have someone who is a champion for you starting to shine the torch on, um, on behaviors and or mindsets uh, makes a huge difference. And, you know, I, I um, uh, introduced to our clients scams. So scams are stories, cons, assumptions, meanings, and mindsets. And we scam ourselves with a combination of these. So here's the story I've been running in my mind. I'm too young. I'm too old. I haven't got enough experience. So how long have you told told yourself that story for? And is it useful for you to hold on to this? Why don't we actually replace that with a new story? So, okay, that's an interesting concept. Uh, And, you know, conversationally, uh, I've probably done that with you uh, once or twice. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, a very, very subtle conf- coaching conversation around helping someone uh, shift something from a current story to a, a story that no longer serves them in their life. Um, a con is when I con you that I can't get to this meeting on time. I, can't, I con you that I, I'm not good at this. I, I'm actually conning others and they believe in the con. So as soon as they accept my con, you know, all of a sudden I've fallen into the trap that change won't happen. Um, uh, assumptions, uh, you know, I can make assumptions about you, assumptions about me, and we can overlay that. And, you know, that ability to once again, um, okay, we've had a business that hasn't gone well. And look, there are some people out there right now that that I think have got uh, great ethics, great capability, great energy, great commitment but for uh, a set of economic circumstances outside of their control, their business doesn't actually have sustainability right now. What's super important is they don't take uh, that guilt or that frustration or that loss into what they're doing next. Take the learnings from that. Take the the gifts that it's provided and your next venture is going to be better, stronger, more powerful based on that. And, and, you know, this this is the ability to don't make the assumption that the next thing you're going to do is going to be like this. 
One of the next things you're going to do is going to have all the lessons you've learned applied in a super powerful way. Yeah. And then the meanings and mindsets that, uh, that kick into it as well. That's so, that's so awesome. Um, a question for you on, I mean, th- th- this, I-, I could, I could ask you coaching questions for, <laughs> for, for the next 10 hours. Uh, very practically speaking, um, it just so happens that in, in the entrepreneurs listening, the high achievers, leaders in organizations, uh, they have different, call it managers, kind of managing activities, uh, you know, team members working on different projects around the, the business. As a coach, how do you, or how does the manager, how do you as a leader empower someone to change something, the way they believe, the way they think, et cetera, and then have that translate into something mechanical and tactical. Because I think a lot of times a manager comes to me, he's like, they just want the answers. Like, Sean, give me the new workflow. This process broke. This funnel didn't work. Just, just rework this process for me. How do, how do we go one step above into changing the thinking and then helping them with the mechanics? Yeah, fantastic. So there's, there's two parts to this. The first part is empowerment. So, so what I would tend to do if I worked for you, I would naturally uh, start to want to delegate upwards to you because <laughs> if you can make the decision for me and it doesn't work out, well, in actual fact, Sharon, I just followed what you said and, and you know, it wasn't me. Right. So the blame game can start to kick in there. So empowerment is, uh, you know, when I come to you and say, I'm looking for an answer here, well, and it's a really simple coaching framework we, we introduced called SOS. So an SOS is in the moment uh, and it is simply situation, outcome, strategy. So, so I come to you and say, hey, could you just make this decision for me? You go, what's the situation? Okay, what's the outcome you want to achieve? And that's neat. You're getting a sense from me, what is the quality of thinking I'm, I'm applying to the outcome we want to achieve? We want this client to be delighted. We want to get this business across the line. We want to deliver this on time. Uh, okay, so what's the strategy you've already thought of around it? You know, two things can happen. You either go, wow, if we apply that strategy, we potentially are going to have a lawsuit against us. So maybe we need to do some additional coaching on that. Or you might turn around and say, you're totally on the money. Uh, go with it, run with it. I'm backing you 100%. So all of a sudden, I take away that. Now, what did I learn from that? The gift I learned from that is I'm trusting my capability you're reinforcing that and you're empowering me in that process to, to create the shift. Yeah. And I think this is, is and, and that's, that's sort of classic coaching coming in as opposed to I've come to you, okay, uh, as a manager, I'm supposed to give you the answer because I'm supposed to know. So all of a sudden you give me the answer. I, I may or may not implement it as well as you, you think I'm going to, but, but you, own, you own the outcome because it's your decision, not my decision. So it's, it's creating that shift of, of empowering someone to, to do that work. And I think one of the biggest distinctions that I love in, in business is seeing your team as talent and you are a talent amplifier. So how am I going to amplify this person's talent? Uh, and, and all of a sudden you look at the, that person and say, okay, what are the three ingredients that if I could put those three additional ingredients um, into the mix of this team member would make the biggest difference. And is it a mindset issue? Because in, in some cases, sure, it's not a mindset issue. Uh, you know, someone's there to actually make a difference. No one turns up on day one and says, how do I put the minimum effort into this organisation? Right. <laughs> how, do I, how do I really become a passenger on this vehicle 
No, they're actually in the mode of, well, how do, how do I actually make a difference? And what could, and, and, and this is one of the things that, that we do say in our, our coaching process, is leaders sometimes need to do have a reset conversation. And in some cases, it's an apology frame. Uh, Sharon, I've got to apologise to you. I've seen something for the last six months that you've been doing that's having a detrimental impact on the results that you're achieving personally and therefore we're achieving as an organisation. And I want to apologise to you because I haven't addressed it with you. So it's, it's actually not, it's not the team's members issue, it's my issue because as a leader, I've been walking around potentially putting a layer or two of frustration on top of that person but not addressing it. Well, it's not going to go away. So, so it's the ability to move towards that tension, address the, that particular issue that creates a new level of freedom. And, and that freedom is, is and, and I talk about this a lot with coaches, you've got to have clean energy between you and the client. So you and I have got, I, I think, fantastic clean energy. Yeah. And that means if we're in a conversation, we're actually in the conversation. We're not thinking like, buddy Sharon, he didn't actually ring me three days ago. I can't <laughs> believe that. Or, you know, um, that project wasn't delivered on time or uh, 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 uh. And all of a sudden, we're bringing a, a level of noise into, into the present that doesn't need to, to be there. And yeah. part of, I think, the role of a great coach is let's get rid of the noise so you can be truly present. You know, I, I talk about presence is the gift you give someone right now and, and, and you give yourself. So it's the reason it's called the present. So let's make sure we're giving each other the gift of, of cleaning our energy in a way that allows us to, to make this happen. And there could be some leaders here who go, man, I've got some apologies to do. Now you can't apologize. I want to apologize, uh, you know, being here today. I want to apologize for everything that, that <laughs> happens today. Right, now let's get into it. But to, to apply that reset, Sharon, I think it actually gives people the ability to truly respect. The other thing that, I, that uh, I've seen, so, you know, back to SOS that we just did before, yeah. I've seen people say, guys, I'm going to attempt to apply a new technique that I just learned on this, this great uh, podcast with Sharon and Michael Sheargold and, and, you know, talk about this SOS so when you come to me, I want to apologise. I've been giving you the answers, which is not empowering you. I'm going to switch it around. Could you just let me know if I fall out of that and let's just see how that goes. So you're giving yourself permission to play the game yeah. as opposed to I'm supposed to have it all together. It's okay. So it's so good. You you and I could um, to talk about this for we for hours and maybe we should do a part two uh, to, 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 bring, to, to bring in the topic we originally wanted to talk about, which is actually coaching the coach. So I'm going to have to uh, love to get, get you back into doing that. But Michael, you, um, when I think about, when I think about coaching, when I think about someone that has, that touches people's lives every single day, when I think about someone that I know who I can, who I know if I call, or reach out to, I will instantly get a lift in my thinking and my energy. I, I always think of you. And uh, I, I can't thank you enough for being on. How how do people get more of Michael Shergold? Where do they go? How can they connect with you? Look, I think the simplest way is to jump onto michaelshergold.com. And, uh, you know, you can follow me on, on Facebook or Instagram uh, or, or join the conversation on LinkedIn. And, you know, I'm, I'm truly, truly committed to, to helping people make a difference. And I think that's the essence of great coaching. It's actually about being a champion for people in business who want to, you know, elevate their business and elevate their life. And, you know, these two things are so connected now, Sharon, more than they've ever been before. So 
it's not a case of having a great business. It's actually having a great business and a great life and seeing those two things come together in a, in a super effective way. Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. I took some of my best ideas from the last 20 years and created a five-day MBA. It's quick and action-packed that you can listen to on the go, just like this podcast. And I want to give it to you for free, just as a thank you for listening to the show. No fluff, no gimmicks, just pure actionable ideas for you to use instantly. You can grab it right now at businessschoolshow.com. That's businessschoolshow.com. Dot com.